it's so funny you asked me. This is our second recording like, for the night. No. It's just always <laughs> funny. I love the double headers like that because, for one, I already know how you're doing. I talk to you throughout the day. And then um, I just get to ask you how you're doing twice in one night. It's great. I'm but doing great. I know you're doing great. And I'm doing well, too. Um, I don't know if you can see behind me right now. There's a delightful pumpkin spice candle behind me. That's really just lighting up the room quite literally with both its scent and its light. Um, and I'm just a really, I mean, it's like fall slash winter vibes, the pumpkin spice in general. So I'm really enjoying it. So, and if you, I'm a big candle guy. So if you have any recommendations on some more winter themed or Christmassy candles, like any candy cane ones you could recommend, uh, let a, let a homie know. Yeah. I'll do, I'll do some research for you. Maybe the audience can kind of reach out or write in some mail for us. Yeah. And there's actually, uh, this has been a really interesting day, actually. It's November 29th today as the day of this recording. And there are a few really big things in news. Um, one, Ludwig signed exclusively. Ludwig, uh, also arguably one of, was one of Twitch's biggest streamers, has signed a deal exclusively to stream on YouTube now, which we'll get into here shortly. And then as well, our good friend, um, friend, friend of the pod, Jack Dorsey, um, over on Twitter, just recently <laughs> stepped down stepped from down. CEO. Yeah, saw that of, uh, of Twitter, and notably, the new person that's stepping up said in an interview in 2020. Um, there's an article. I apologize. Actually, I'm not even going to say it because I can't back it up well enough with the facts. But the new CEO is seems to be an interesting fellow as well. Um, with interesting interpretations on like how free speech should be applied in the modern world, I guess. Right. Um, Cause times change, obviously, you know, the second amendment could use some revisioning for sure. So first amendment, I guess well, I know. And I'm like saying in general, they're like the amendments, you know, right to bear arms could probably be <laughs> revision just as maybe, maybe arguably the first amendment should probably not free speech is important, but we can get into that more later. Um, actually not on this podcast, a different day, but <laughs> um <laughs> Today, everyone, and uh, we have a topic I'm pretty excited to talk about. It's um, one, Lucas isn't as, I would say, savvy is not the word I'm looking for, but not really your wheelhouse per se, and something I've always kind of kept up with um, on and off over the years, something I participated in for a while because I wa- I, I'm still trying to live up my dream one day as a, being an e-boy, um, and that is uh, <laughs> streaming, <laughs> streaming on That's Twitch. your dream? Uh, yeah, game streaming in general, really. Um, so I, I want to touch a little bit just kind of on Twitch's origins and some of its competitors like Facebook, YouTube, the um, the late mixer, <laughs> RIP. Oh, um, just kind of get into that. But really quickly, um, in case anyone isn't really familiar with Twitch's uh, anime origin story, Twitch actually started as a website called Justin.com. TV, which was founded in 2007 by Justin Kahn, I believe his last name is pronounced, Emmett Shear, and Michael Sibel. Now, Justin TV actually started out, get this, as just like a normal live streaming website. Nothing tied in particular to gaming, no particular um, categories it was tied to or nailed down to. It was just a live streaming website. Notably, it had Justin Kahn, um, Kind of like one of the original IRL streamers. He he would literally went around with like a laptop that had like a crazy antenna on it so he could get um, Wi-Fi, and a camera strapped onto like his hat on his ear, just mounted. Whoa! And this was like the OG 
IRL streamer to streaming his whole life um, and just day to day, like streaming himself sleep, streaming himself eating, even streaming some of his dates, um, just doing doing the whole shebang. And notably is uh, one of the original like swatting incidents. And for those that aren't familiar, swatting is when it's a, it's basically like a targeted attack slash really bad prank at a live streamer where um, through some nefarious means, typically a you know um, a hacker will find out said streamer's address and will call basically like a SWAT um, SWAT team on them, call the police in that area, saying, "Hey, I have info that like there's a murder at this place or a stabbing," and then they'll send the SWAT teams, and the SWAT teams of course just run in on this guy playing video games or whatever. And, yeah, yeah. Um, not really a bad thing to do. A lot of bad accidents could happen in that probably. So not, not recommended, but the, yeah, Justin Khan had that happen originally too, where there's a video of him just like in San Francisco. He's just here like San Francisco police coming in. They're like, we heard there was a stabbing and he's just like, what? No. Yeah. Yeah. I've <laughs> kind of, there's, there's, uh, it's like the dark side of streaming. There was yeah. definitely some really, really bad um, headlines with that at one point or another. I'm not sure if anyone has ever outright, gotten killed from a swatting incident, but I know people have gotten hurt, um, like physically like taken down by police or, um, traumatized, um, the police like breaking down doors and like, there's a family in there and there's like a little kid getting pointed, a gun is being pointed at a little kid from a police officer, horrible things like that. I don't see swatting. That's funny. You mentioned it. Like so many memories trigger in my brain about swatting and how it was always like a very scary reality for people. It's like, Oh my God, like I don't want to stream get swatted, dude. (laughs) now it's like seems like it's quite quite a bit less so um but yeah yeah i think it's more of like a well-known thing that cops know to look out for now probably um which is a good thing ideally but i'm sure (laughs) i'm sure when it first started everyone was just very confused like the people being like why are you here the cops like because you're a criminal yeah (laughs) (laughs) god Um, but eventually justin tv in 2011 they started a spinoff uh, what became known as Twitch, which was a, as we know it today, a game streaming platform. And of course, um, year over year, the kind of live streaming part just in TV, um, what its popularity waned a little bit, the like IRL streaming, as well as, um, they get ran to a lot of legal trouble. You know, I think today, a lot of the ways, um, a lot of us watch sports games as we go on to Reddit and we look for the most recent, um, like Reddit thread oh, with sports right. streams. And originally that's what was happening on Justin Todd TV was everyone was going in, looking up these sports streams and posting them there. And of course you can just imagine all the legal and copyright issues that ran into obviously. So, um, it started gravitating more and more into the, the Twitch side of things, into the gaming side of things and just kept growing and growing and so much that in October of 2013, the website had a peak of 45 million unique viewers that month. And then by uh, February 2014, it was actually the fourth largest source of internet traffic in the United States. Wow. And this is in the era of, you know, Facebook, MySpace, Yahoo, uh, not really MySpace at that point, but Facebook, Yahoo, uh, Twitter is YouTube. the I think at this point. YouTube, Google.com Reddit. itself, right? Yeah. So many, so many things. So to be fourth for internet traffic is just incredible. And then around the same time, the company was actually rebranded as Twitch Interactive, where they were just kind of fully on focusing on the gaming side. And shortly after that, Daddy Bezos came in. He's like, yo, yo, kids. Um, 
I too play video games <laughs> and um, acquired Twitch for a whopping, probably a bargain in retrospect, $970 million. Wow. Insane. Absolutely. What nutty. year was that again? That was in uh, August of 2014. Okay. Man, 2014. So feels like yesterday that that happened. I remember when that happened. I know. Well, yeah. I was just joining starting college around that time. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. And I remember that, was, that was when that was when like Amazon Prime people got the ability to do like Twitch Prime subs a little bit after mm -hmm. that. I don't know if it came immediately, but it, it definitely came. And um, yeah, I mean, that was a big integration thing. Right. And being able to yeah, tie those prime accounts to it. Um, and as of late, Twitch has actually been subject of quite a bit of critique. Um, for among many things, for one, maybe not being as generous in some of the streaming deals they offer. Um, notably, Disguised Toast recently was talking about how the offer that Twitch was giving him before he left to Facebook Gaming was so tiny because they were saying that oh, we already have like Asian representation on this stream or on Ooh, Twitch that we signed to. Um, of course, that's like what... Um, Twitch was like, they were saying like behind doors, obviously. And I might be paraphrasing some of that. So do your own research on that one. I won't say I'm one-on-one -on, -one on that one. But from what I read and what I watched, that was the um, message that I got. And more notably as well, they are incredibly inconsistent with how they apply their own rules and how they apply them to streamers. A perfect example is a very notable streamer called Pokimane, um, one of the more popular female streamers on Twitch, notably called the queen of Twitch at times. Um, somehow some link got slipped through her mods and she ended up accidentally, very temporarily um, opening a porn link on stream live, right? And then of course she immediately closed it in an honest accident. I don't think the, anyone should be punished for an honest accident like that. She gets a slap on the wrist, no big deal. And then around the same time, um, I apologize, I don't have the streamer's name, but around the same time, an, another streamer, like notable streamer, you know, get maybe a few thousand viewers, but not like Pokemon size, uh, had the exact same thing happen where they accidentally opened a porn link. And of course that streamer gets like a suspension or a ban, right? Mm. So they've got, and it's like a one-to-one -one situation. So they've gotten a lot of uh, flack for that. And there's so many other various situations that have just of them not being transparent with how they choose to apply their rules and how much, um, how much, I guess, what's the word? Um, what the disciplinary the disciplinary action in yeah like the, to how much not really being transparent about the thought process and everything that goes into that i mean the list goes on and on i mean the public still doesn't know the exact reason that say for example dr disrespect was banned from twitch right yeah that was always so, a weird one huh it's yeah, still it's still a weird one i mean i'm I, sure in the next few years that'll come out publicly eventually but um there's just been a lot of them not treating their streamers very well, basically, uh, which is a bummer. And as a result, they've been losing to streamers to other platforms. Notably, as of late, they've lost um, Courage JD, Valky Ray, Tim the Tapman, Dr. Lupo, and most recently, as of today, November 29th, Ludwig, um, to YouTube. And it's it's very, very interesting to kind of see the streaming wars shape out a little bit. We can talk about that more in a minute here, but um, some other notable platforms I want to give acknowledgement to. Facebook Gaming, uh, one of the other like godfathers right now, one of the big three, I guess, along with YouTube. Uh, Facebook Gaming started in 2015 with really no incentives in place, just kind of like a general, like, hey, you can live stream now if you want to. And then they started a level up program in June of 2018, which allowed streamers to uh, monetize more. 
And then I believe in 2019 or in 2020, they actually acquired Disguised Toast among some other streamers as well to start to kind of get to the streaming wars. And notably as well, people will talk about how there's less hate and less toxicity on Facebook because everyone's comments are tied to their real names. Oh, I was going to say, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wouldn't couldn't then, YouTube, isn't that very similar though? Because like it's your I Gmail, so. YouTube yeah. account and all Typically. that. Typically. I think you can, I mean, you can like make a fake Gmail or like a similar, like you don't have to use a real name per se, but it's not, it won't be as authentic as Facebook, I guess is my point, typically. Totally. Um, and then notably, which is really cool from Facebook, I think, um, right now, with any, you know, like for example, if you get a subscribe uh, subscriber on Twitch or if you get bits, some of that money goes back to Twitch, usually a 50-50 split um, or for some of the like more exclusive streamers or higher up streamers typically get more favorable splits like 65-35, um, stuff like that, right? Notably, Facebook, their creators keep all money earned on Facebook. There is no profit sharing. And they have promised to keep it that way until at least 2023. And the general sentiment and what I'm hearing so far is when they do finally do begin profit sharing, it is slated to be less than 30%. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Pretty interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. You know what this, we know what this uh, reminds me of um, interesting enough is like each, so there's three main streaming platforms, each with backing from three major companies, right? So you got um, Facebook, obviously with Facebook gaming, YouTube, that's Google. And then you have Twitch, which was, uh, which is backed by Amazon now. Kind of reminds me of like early console wars, you know, or, you know, it's, it's like Microsoft backing Xbox, Sony backing PlayStation, and then Nintendo being Nintendo. And yeah. like we've now moved to like this kind of three person, like three competing, like, you know, entities for eyes um, and dollars on these sorts of things. And they all have sort of a different model. And they all sort of fit a different niche uh, for the content creators themselves and maybe even for some audiences. Absolutely. Right. And I mean, kind of going off of that, too, I mean, there was a, a different time where I was really bored during pandemic before you and I started this podcast where I wanted to start doing YouTube videos, just kind of talking about general gaming news and my opinions and stuff. And one of the big things I wanted to focus on was exactly what you were talking about, how we don't really have console wars anymore. Rather, we have streaming wars, which is who's going to be the most popular uh, game streaming service. And moreover, to even continue the streaming theme, as we get better infrastructure and as we get more you know, better internet in the States, more um, accessible internet for everyone. I think more and more the conversation, it's not even going to be about consoles anymore. It's going to be about who has the best streaming game streaming service, literally like Google Stadia, for example, right? Uh, Things like that. So I think that's definitely the direction the industry as a whole is going, Um, both from the like esports side on the content side of things, as well as to even just like, where is the best place to stream or who has the most exclusive deal to stream um, the newest Witcher game, right? Things like that. So it's going to be very interesting to see how that shapes out over the coming years. But yeah, Facebook doing very good by the creators, offering them very, very favorable profit sharing right now, obviously, where they keep 100% of it. So very good for them. And then, of course, we have YouTube Gaming as well, launched in 2015. (coughs) Oh, excuse me. Um, launched in 2015. Google had actually originally wanted to buy Twitch. Of course, that didn't pan out. So they chose to... Um, and actually, it's pretty interesting to me that they even wanted to buy Twitch in the first place. And 
their first instinct wasn't just to take YouTube gaming and kind of make that its own thing. But obviously when that didn't pan out, they really dug in YouTube gaming. Um, what's really great about YouTube gaming for streamers is it's all integrated, right? The streamers, the it makes it very easy to find content because you know typically oh uh, someone streams on Twitch and they post vods or like videos whatever on YouTube but now these people can stream on YouTube their vods are immediately saved and archived for anyone to go back and watch on YouTube and it's very it makes all their branding integrated which i think is very good for streamers um, as well it's great for reaching a pre-existing audience you know for example if you already have a strong YouTube following perfect just go ahead and stream on YouTube already right all your subscribers will get a notification when you're live and notably um, it allows to streaming up to 4K 60 FPS, whereas oh. the other ones only offer 1080p. Um, some other notable streaming services that have been out there. Um, Caffeine is one. Um, there's so many other like random small ones. Um, Caffeine was the one for a while. They had PewDiePie for a while, I remember, I believe. Or uh, I might be making that up. PewDiePie went to some like really random small one for a bit. And then, of course, there was, I think, I know you'll be familiar with this, Lucas, um, Hitbox, and then oh, Smashcast TV, which is... Wow. Anyone, if That's we have any cut. Project Dem players here and listen to the stream today or the podcast, um, that was just another kind of like Twitch competitor that didn't really pan out. But the reason Lucas and I are so familiar with it is because that's... Um, uh, some of you may know, Lucas and I kind of have our roots in competitive Smash, specifically... Um, melee as well as more notably for lucas and i project m and project m being a mod of brawl brawl a nintendo game which obviously they're very strict with how their content or how their game is used and reused um it, it got banned from being streamed on twitch basically they were cracking down on it for quite a while um so we went to smashcast and hitbox tv which was honestly i'm not too upset that's not around anymore it was not very good <laughs> um <laughs> And remember, of course we have to, sorry, go ahead. No, we just had to watch like smash stuff on, on yeah. another platform. And it was just, it was just it was so like, annoying. felt so dirty and weird. It's yeah. <laughs> just like, come on. Yeah. Not great. And then of course, uh, mixer, which actually was originally launched as beam B E A M in January of 2016. And they were then acquired by Microsoft in August, 2016 and eventually renamed to mixer in 2017. Um, this was Microsoft's attempt to just steal some market share, uh, particularly from Amazon, I think, and Twitch, obviously. And it, it, I, I think Mixer is a it's a sad story because I think Mixer is actually a super unique. I think it was a super unique platform, and I think it was very fluid and the UI of it felt good. The way the um, chat could interact with the stream itself was way more in depth and way more interactive than it is with Twitch. And I think it could have had the potential to be a very, very exciting platform, but I think Microsoft got a little too greedy and wanted a little too much too quickly. I think the, the notably signed shroud and Ninja in 2019 kind of kicking off the streaming wars really. And they were just kind of hoping for a quick, not money grab, but really quick results where they were thinking, oh, we got these two big guys. Everyone else is going to come over in groves and we're just going to blow up. But then very shortly, you know, like I think a year and a half after they signed Shroud and Ninja, um, Mixer shut down in July <laughs> 2020. I remember Which that. is very, very, excuse me, very sad because for one, like I said, I think it had a great interface, a very good UI. But for two, 
they kind of just said fuck you to all these streamers that like not the ninjas in the shrouds because ninja and shroud for one they signed a multi-million dollar contracts that put them on these platforms and they're gonna be fine no matter where they go because they have such a big following but they were really really kind of fucking over a lot of the younger or not younger excuse me a lot of these smaller mixer streamers and by smaller i mean like maybe they don't have like 10,000 viewers a stream like Ninja did, maybe they had like 1,000 or 500, right? That really took the time to invest in Mixer and take a risk by streaming on Mixer in the first place, which is a platform obviously that, no secret at the time, was still way smaller than Twitch and really competing with Mixer and YouTube gaming. Um, so it's a bummer that Microsoft really just kind of abandoned them because they probably spent way too much of their money and their budget on Ninja and Shroud. They didn't have an actual marketing plan around Ninja and Shroud to really grow Mixer itself. Um, they kind of were hoping that them alone would be willing to pull and grow the platform. But of course, that wasn't the case. And a lot of great content creators kind of got left out to dry. Mixer said, oh, we we um, partnered with Facebook Gaming. You know, if you want, you can go get like partner status over there. But of course, they're like, well, fuck, we don't want to do that. Because um, obviously, I mean, again, as we already said, Facebook Gaming has very good uh very content good, um, content creator focus content model. deals yeah mm -hmm. uh model and payout model but it's not like the go-to platform like twitch is right so it just left a lot of people upset and a lot of people struggling to kind of regain regain their following on twitch which i think is a bummer um and ninja has even gone on record saying how like he wanted mixer to be a real thing right he wanted to really grow it but the people working at mixer the head you know the big wigs the heads kind of just weren't willing to push it right they were kind of something for these quick results by doing these big glamour buys with ninja and shroud which i think is a bummer yeah super interesting i mean it's crazy um we've talked about it before on this podcast just what the the premium is for a content creator is these days and how like what these streaming wars come down to is like kind of like how spotify you know buys call her daddy or joe mm -hmm. rogan you know it's like a lot of these big platforms are putting a lot of money in just purely for the creator side, just to get some content in there. Um, and hey, this is where you exclusively listen to this content creator. Um, and these streaming wars are gonna start doing that and kind of gobbling up content creators left and right yep. to try and get some eyes on their platform. Um, but they just need to make sure they manage their bottom line correctly, right? So Mixer yeah, clearly pay, yeah. uh, overpaid in premium because they didn't last, the war of attrition got to them very quickly, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they probably, you know, if they maybe paid for like mid-tier streamers or maybe smaller streamers to with smaller deals to come there exclusively, then they could have got a smaller audience and kind of let those results build up slower. Who knows? Yep. Right. But I just find it interesting that we're, we're seeing these content wars everywhere on streaming platforms where Netflix gets Seinfeld and Hulu no longer has that show. And where's where's the office? I mean, it's being a, yeah, it's being <laughs> applied in so many different ways. Right. Yeah. And yeah. instead of having, you know, console exclusive games like we do right now with PlayStation and Sony or excuse me, Microsoft and Sony um, on their respective consoles, I think soon we're going to have. Sony's exclusive streaming service or Google's exclusive uh, streaming service getting the rights to stream um, the latest, you know, Call of Duty or the latest Halo, what have you. Oh, that's going to be crazy. That's, yeah, I, that's... Think that's, I think that's the direction we're slowly going. Um, not sure exactly how that will take shape, but it's the indication of how TV and movies are treated today and how these content creators are being treated. Um, and it's insane. These creators, I mean, they're getting like eight figure deals to go to these platforms, right? Seven figure deals. Um, I'm sure that Ludwig probably he signed on today for YouTube. 
I'm willing to bet that was an eight figure deal, if not close to eight figures, probably like upwards of five million, I'm sure. Right. Um, it's just, it is absolutely insane the amount of money that's being pumped into this. I know. Um, and it, uh, what, what's interesting too, it, it, and I think, you know, I credit to Ninja and them for like really starting the um, streaming wars as well. Cause I mean, up until that point, like I think Twitch had such a ridiculous control of the market that there was like no real threat. And again, credit to Mixer as well for at least making this move in the first place. Them making that move to sign Shroud or Ninja exclusively and Shroud um, was kind of like, whoa, this is a thing that can it's happen. It's really like yeah. revolutionized. Yeah. And that's probably like the thing a lot of these creators strive for now is to get these exclusive deals and really, um, you know, build their, you know, secure their financial futures that way. And then if they get these crazy good deals, then they can say, okay, I'm going to stream whatever I want and not worry about my numbers as much, which. I think is a very interesting direction, but yeah. Moreover, I, what I'm really interested in about live streaming too is it's kind of changed gaming. Um, I know growing up for me, like a lot of the people I watched, were like were like Muzza Fuzza, Xjaws, that guy who camps. I don't know um, if any of those guys ring a name to you, but they were like Call of Duty content creators and played like single player games here and there, like doing like youtube commentaries right um like commentating over their gameplay and now it's just gone into these live streams you don't really see the like commentary style as much anymore yeah yeah i think that's i think that's true um i think that streaming and this is one of my um and, and i'm saying this um to to our humble audience as a guy that doesn't really watch that much stream that much streams or that many streams i'm not really into twitch um the cu culturally or like otherwise i don't have like content creators streamers that i really follow um i like a lot of youtube people i like um kind of the more more slow slow con content rather than the fast content i'd say um if if that's a real you're a, phrase you're a content boomer if that's a phrase i just made it up right um and uh uh i i think that what game streaming has really done over the last like five to ten years is really um created a prioritization over content that's very easy to stream and in fact that's a very big deal when it comes to developers and people that are creating video games is they think about how streamable games are and you know, I mean, I that's how they're going to market it, right? Is people streaming their game? Yeah, exactly. And you know, the whole speedrunning community has benefited a lot from streaming. Um, there's, you know, a lot of the FGC has obviously benefited a lot from live streaming tournaments over the last few years. So those are all really, really great things about streaming. But I think that it's it's kind of a negative when it's like a developer has to compromise for, oh, hey, um, this game is really live streamable because I've designed it in such a way where it's a roguelike, but it's got a lot of eye candy and it's really funny and it's got memes kind of built in and it's kind of funny in this way. It's a lot of like games are kind of come around that have this ability to kind of go viral um, or have a mechanic that is funny enough to make it easy to digest in the form of like a short yeah. or a viral clip. And I don't know, I think that's a little bit of a, of a negative, I don't want to say it's an outright negative, but um, you know, it is changing the way we develop games and think about games. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, it's interesting too because I, I, I think with the advent of these large streamers, right, these um, Doctor Lupos, Tapmans, Valkyrie, Courage, 
um, disrespect all these people. Um, I think it really brings the focus of gaming to like the wider um, public. It brings the focus of gaming into like this 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 niche of gaming, which is like esports content creation. Uh, apparel right like <laughs> it um it, it focuses on a very unique side of and a, a very cool side in its own right of gaming of just like here's the latest esports that all these streamers are playing together here's the latest among us right here's the latest um what have you and to be fair not all streamers are like that like there's some very really big streamers and some of these other ones as well will occasionally play like other single player games and like notably moist critical will play like a bunch of random like kind of whatever he wants really because he's most critically sick but um, it, it, I think it's a little bit of a shame because it does kind of take away a lot of the focus from the public at large from a lot of these great single player games that come out, right? Um, you won't hear people talking about Ghost of Tsushima um, in that sphere or you won't hear people talking about Death Stranding or Kingdom Hearts 3 or um, Oberdin or, you know, any of the games yeah, we've done for this it's, podcast it's totally. as much as you'll hear them talking about the newest battle pass or season three of Fortnite or season 10 or yeah, whatever. Right. I, I got, which is a bummer. Um, yeah, I got the numbers here. So, um, this is the last, the latest report I saw, which was Q3, um, September, 2020, the most mm-hmm. streamed game, um, league of legends, second most Fortnite, you know, yeah. both, um, you know, in the wide sphere of gaming, which is what me and you like to think about that we cover on this podcast is like, it's never going to be a heavy rain. Not that Heavy Rain's a good game, but it's definitely never going to be an Oberdin, right? Or like um, a Before Your Eyes um, or maybe Undertale, maybe. You know, I know that that game had a moment um, in the streaming world and the the content world before, but there's these incredibly, incredibly masterfully crafted games that are not really very streamable. um, And I think that they don't get the coverage they deserve because all the eyes are on, you know, this very niche area of gaming you know, in the wider sphere, gaming is a massive community, you know, There's so um, much. Right? we just yeah. recorded an episode on like card games and all these cool digital games that exist and mm-hmm. deck building games. And like, we, we've talked a lot about the games that we like on this podcast. And many of them are just would never get the time of day on any of these platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's, that's kind of sad, you know, and I, uh, there's only so many eyes out there that are paying attention to gaming. And there's a lot of inflation on just a few things. Um, that's my soapbox for game streaming uh, in a nutshell. Yeah. And I, I know, I, I know, I think you and I kind of sound like pretentious. Uh, you sound like old right now a little bit, yeah. <laughs> but little old men that are tired of all these zoomers um, coming in and taking over gaming. And to be fair, I am tired of zoomers when I'm trying to play. I haven't played in a minute, but I'm playing fucking Valorant with you and you and me. We're like that meme of like an old guy after work just wanting to get a game in before he goes to bed, maybe get a win. And then we just sit down and play no Valorant way. and getting yelled at by fucking 12 year olds for how shit we are and how bad our reactions are. And I'm just like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it I hurts. Know. I know. Hurts. I know. This stuff definitely um, skews younger. Um, I'd be curious to get yeah. uh, numbers on, you know, the actual eyes watching game streaming. Um, you know, mm-hmm. what their demographic is at. I think it's definitely going to skew a little bit younger. Um, I think it's people mostly oriented towards online games or community-driven games. Um, and, I, you know, I know that we didn't have all, all the numbers prep, but, you know, just my two cents is probably that it's mostly kind of geared that way. Yes, yes, yeah. And I, I hope, I do hope that in the future we 
in, in one way or another that, you know, we, we still get a lot of focus on more of these art housey games or even more of just single player games in general, really, because, you know, I, I think I think they're important. I think they more deserve more time in the limelight. But to be fair as well, I think a lot of the reason that, you know, content creators gravitate to like the Fortnites, the Apexes, the TFTs, and they are good games to be clear. I think a big reason people gravitate to those is for one, the art is so replayable, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I, th- I think that has to be acknowledged as well. And I mean, even I had a short stint where I was really into streaming. And honestly, my easiest streams as far as like me actually being able to communicate with chat and things like that were when I was streaming a game like Apex or a game like like a multiplayer game or like a game that's not single player focused, right? I don't have to actually pay attention to the story, right? So I, I, I do I think that's worth acknowledging. I understand why the focus goes to that kind of stuff. I just I just wish it was different. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I guess that's why we exist. So people. Yeah, can, yeah. Well, I guess I'll, I'll get ask, their content elsewhere. I'll ask you a question, um, just in general. So, do you believe that the environment or the ecosystem is big enough for the elephant and the ant when it comes to like games coverage and game streaming? You know, are we as a podcast that's more geared towards like the smaller market? quote smaller market right or art artsy games or indie games are we doomed right is the content creator creating like heavy analysis videos on heavy rain gonna survive in this twitch based game streaming mm-hmm. based future I, I i there's definitely a niche for it i mean i've watched so many great video essays on youtube and people that consistently put content out like that right granted of course it's not as big and they might not be making a unique living off of it but i mean i i think Outlets like IGN are proof that there's still room for that, right? Uh, I think IGN still has, of course, they they're, they cover everything, right? But they still do take the time to cover some more of these unique games that come out, which I think is important. Um, so I, I I think there is a niche. It's just a little bit harder to maybe grow within that niche than it would be to say grow within a more general like esports or like the more popular, just blatantly the more popular games. And I mean, Hey, people like us, we know what we're doing. We know what we're getting <laughs> ourselves into. We, we, we understand the assignment, right? We know that it's a little bit harder. So, um, yeah, it just kind of, I think it's one of those things where it just kind of is what it is, but yeah, I don't think that doesn't mean you can't grow within like the kind of niche that we aim for, which is more kind of like analysis and focusing on these more unique single player experiences. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, my next question, follow-up question. Oh. Do you think the ecosystem is big enough to support all three of these giants stay in a stable way? Or do you think they're going to eat each other alive pretty quickly? To be clear, are we talking about... Facebook, like, YouTube, Twitch. Okay. Um, no. I don't think they're going to eat each other away per se. Like, I don't think YouTube gaming is going to go anywhere. I think Facebook gaming will always be a thing for people that want it. But I don't think there will ever be like an equilibrium of distribution between who uses what, right? I don't think it'll ever be 33% are on Facebook gaming, 33% are on Twitch, 33% are on YouTube. I think it'll always be very skewed. I, I will say I do think YouTube gaming um, in the next five to 10 years absolutely has the potential to overtake Twitch if they just fix their like UI and their overlay and make it a little bit better. Um, but I, I don't think there's a world where the existent like equilibrium, to be honest. Gotcha. I, I am noticing on this Streamlabs report for 2020, September 2020, about a year ago, 
Twitch had 91% of the total hours streamed, but only 63% of the total hours watched, which means Mm -hmm. that there's a lot of people streaming on Twitch that don't have an audience, whereas on YouTube gaming, there's less people streaming, but they have bigger audiences because they have have 22%, 22 22.5% total hours watched. So looking at the graph, it kind of makes it seem like YouTube might be headed in a good direction here. Uh, I am very optimistic for YouTube's future. Facebook also surpassed a billion hours watched for the first time um, at the time of this report. So that's pretty cool. Um, competition's good. I just I just want to say that. Oh, 100%. You know. And that's why I love these streaming um, contracts that are going around for all these content creators. For one, I think it's wonderful that they're you know getting their bag and getting paid. And yeah, it just creates... You know, I, I think Twitch was kind of riding on easy mode for a bit as far as like a business goes. Um, and now they actually have to think more about how are they going to innovate and how are they going to keep streamers on their platform, right? So um, I think that's important. And um, I'm excited to see how each of these platforms continue to keep uh, pushing one another in the future. For sure. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a, a fun a fun. Discussion. I liked it. I, I yeah. enjoyed that one. I, th- I don't think yeah. we've had a full dedicated... I know we've covered hot topics um, inside of streaming. You know, we did the Valkyrie mm-hmm. thing pretty recently. But um, a full report and a small history lesson on how we got here in terms of game streaming, I think was long overdue. So um, yeah, glad we can yeah. get a little. I mean, this was just here. a snippet too. I mean, probably revisit this in a <laughs> in a few months. But yeah, this uh, this was a fun episode. Um, lot lots to unpack in the in the content creation streaming sphere, all that fun stuff. But yeah, I hope I hope this episode gave our wonderful listeners a little bit just a little bit more info. In case you were looking for it. But all right, everyone. Um, as always, if you have any feedback for us, any any um, comments, just email thanksforplayingpod at gmail.com. If you're watching the live stream right now on YouTube, that's right, we use YouTube, not Twitch. If you're watching the YouTube live stream, go ahead and uh, subscribe. And we'd love to have you back. And um, check out our Instagram, Twitter, at TFP Podcast. That's at TFP Podcast with an S at the end. Um, you can find our Discord on um, each of those pages if you go to the link tree, um, as well as you can find our Discord on our website, thanksforplaying.live. Come hang on the Discord. It's a fun time. We do a lot of fun things like Hot Take Monday, where I recently announced my hot take um, that Digimon is better than Pokemon, particularly the anime. Yeah. Um, but I, I will die by that. Um, great movie, too. Digimon movie is fucking incredible. Better than Pokemon, <laughs> the first movie? Um, does Pokemon, the first movie, have One Week by the Bare Naked Ladies? Oh, no. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Okay, but you just, I mean, Pokemon, the first movie is outstanding. So just want to throw that out it's there. It's a good movie, but no, I mean, it is. I, I won't. No, no cap here. Pokemon, <laughs> the first movie is a very good movie. When, um, spoilers. <laughs> we got, um, to stone, like, we got, <laughs> uh, Marley Marl. Oh, man. Like the Chrono Trigger character in the chat saying they don't. Oh, it's wild. <laughs> yeah, guess they don't. Oh yeah, Marley. Yeah. Well, she's reacting to the Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for hanging out, Marley. We appreciate it. But um, yeah. Again, oh, I thought Facebook I was reacting to take... the bare, the bare naked ladies thing. That the no. Uh, I mean, that's wild too, honestly. But maybe <laughs> <laughs> that Pokemon the first movie doesn't have the bare naked ladies in it. Yeah, that's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah. But um, also wild that yeah, Facebook does not take a cut from creators, but. Uh, where were we? Yeah, thanks for playing Dot Live. Come hang out. Shoot us an email. Leave a review on uh, Apple Podcast. 
Uh, leave a review and um, what? Leave a review and let me know what Christmas cookie I am and what Christmas cookie Lucas is. Mmm, I like that. Yeah, that's a, that's a sweet one. Uh, <laughs> oh man, and, this is going to uh, release around uh, Christmas. I think so. Yeah, I'm oh. not sure what order we'll be posting these out in, but we'll see. Yeah, we recorded a lot of we got a lot of Christmas content coming. Yeah, um, that's why we were playing some really Christmassy games like spoilers, Bioshock. So. Yeah, Bioshock and Cuphead. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and if you want to hang out with your good buddy Matt on Twitter, you can find me at Good Idea Matthew. And Lucas, where can the good people find you? You can find me um, by just jumping onto the Discord server and hit me with a DM or messaging within the server. Um, you could obviously find the server by going to thanksforplaying.live. Um, I'm right there, unmistakable Lucas, right in the Discord server. So hit me up. Love it. Love it. All right, everyone. This has been Anything's Possible. And remember, Anything's possible. Thanks for playing as a production of Good Ideas Only. Your hosts are Lucas Luna and Matt Rockaby. Our music was done by the impeccable Samuel Luna. And our logo design was done by the talented Isaac Palestino. Special thanks to the Roll Call Bunch and Red Circle 